What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG English Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haolin. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天的来宾是一位动态摄影师，那他同时也是一间制作工作室叫 Stone Soup 的合伙人之一。那他们拍摄的类型非常多元，等等就让来宾自己介绍吧。接下来就让我们来欢迎 Luke。Today I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Luke Cameron. Luke is an incredible videographer here in Taiwan, and a partner at a production house called Stone Soup. He is making feature-length films. He's doing sports videography. Dude, you're making all kinds of dope documentary. What what don't you do, my friend? We're gonna dive into it. But please welcome Luke. Thanks, man. Thank you. Nice introduction. Thank you. Yeah, man. You know, I was just reminiscing how we met. We met at a surf contest in Taichung with Garrett. Is that right? Yeah, in the parking lot. In the parking lot. I think I was like, "Hey, dude, would you want to come on my show?" Yeah, I was. I think I was either just filming or getting out of the water from a surf, running to go film. That's that's right. I think you guys were you were you working with Red Bull at the time, yeah. And you were filming a really incredible up and coming surfer who won that contest, the、yes. the Taiwan Open. Yeah, he's an Australian surfer for Red Bull, and he came just for fun, and fun turned into winning the event, and we got the whole thing from start to finish. It's on Red Bull. You can go check it out. It's incredible. But that was with、uh, Garrett's company, Bay Productions, and that was yeah, that was that was a super fun shoot. Incredible. So, Mr. Luke, I was hoping we could start kind of with a little bit of a high level, though. So, I'm a Canadian-born cinematographer, director, producer. Yeah, I came to Taiwan when I was 20 years old. So, I've been here for longer now than I ever lived in Canada, and I've been running Stone Soup since 2013. And I guess I'm an entrepreneur at heart who just、mm-hmm. wants to. Just do fun things in life, make movies, and meet interesting people like yourselves. And here we are.、Um, I'm 40 in a month, and、Woo! yeah, and I think I'm at a really interesting place in my life. Beautiful summary there. You started out with cinematography in Canada, though. Is that correct? That's right. So I started out shooting skateboard and snowboard yes. videos yes. when I was 12. I did. Speaking of which, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it was, it's been hard to get you here in the studio because you're like, yeah, dude, I th- I'm gonna go snowboard in Japan. Like, I'll catch you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still love snowboarding. So I did that, and then I started working on、uh, feature films.、Um, the high school that I went to in Canada, they they shut down the hockey rink, which was fine with me because I don't I don't play hockey. And it was a、uh, it was there was they built a whole old west、um, like a saloon and this whole street,、oh, wow, like a whole set. Yeah. And it was、uh, Shanghai Noon. No、and、way! So I was skipping classes to go and like watch and do stuff. And I realized later, it was one of the gaffers who said, "Do you want to help out?" And I was like, "Damn, I don't want to help out." And so I was running cables and getting them cords and whatever. And that went on for six weeks. And then after that, I graduated and went and worked on another one. And then another one. I was working on all these、uh, Hollywood features, and I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely what I want to be doing." I mean, I like filming snowboard videos, but I was like, "This is way more interesting." <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> you got that taste of a feature-length film right there. And what would you say kind of clicked in that process when you were doing skate videos? You, you know, I mean, you really are telling a story, probably following these skaters around different spots. But what would you say was the difference comparison with a feature-length film? I think just the process. There was a lot more thought behind it and planning, and the amount of people involved. Whereas when you're doing yeah, a、right. skateboard or a snowboard video, 
it's just you you're like the you're like the the director the producer the cinematographer the editor you're everything yeah. and it was really neat to just have one job and once they started in on commercials as well uh you know you just you just have the one job mm -hmm. and i really liked that even though sometimes you still have two jobs uh and features are the same thing you're just doing you're focused on one thing and to this day when my company's doing commercials maybe there's only six of us but everyone has one specific job and if someone ever comes up to me and i just got asked to do a shoot the other day they're like can't you do lighting sound and shoot and i was like no i don't even want it like just go ask someone else i'm not doing that because something's gonna fail yeah. i mean it's like asking it's like asking someone in an office oh so you're gonna you're gonna write the copy mm -hmm. and you're gonna also get everyone coffee today and you're gonna mop the floors and you're gonna clean mm -hmm. and also can you do all the advertising like, it just you're not supposed to do all of that you need yeah. to just do one job yeah man i mean so beautifully said and and we're seeing this in office spaces right now is like one person does not need to wear so many hats, but they almost pressure you sometimes. They're like, hey, you need to do marketing today. You're doing sales today, but also you're going to do HR. And can you recruit some people? And it's like, bro, you don't, first of all, you don't pay me enough for that. <laughs> and second of all, we need to have a team to do those things. So I love that, you know, you understood the process and you really care about the craft so much of, hey, let me actually just focus on this one thing so intently. I'm going to give you gold. Yeah, I think it's good to understand all of the hats that everyone wears. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a that can be a problem if you only do one thing. And if you're that person who doesn't understand what the other six people in the office do, yeah. that's also not great. Or on the film set, like if, if the producer doesn't understand what it is that the focus puller is doing, that's not a good thing. Then they don't understand why that person's important. Yeah. So I think it is good as you start out in any industry to understand everyone's role, be it the office place or on a film set mm. uh, or wherever. But yeah, to then be able to then just find your path and ho like hone in on that specific skill set mm. makes you a, a a better person um, for whatever role that is in the in the job you want to work in. Yeah, well, well said, my man. 来宾跟 John 是在台东的冲浪比赛认识的。当时来宾正在拍摄一位代表 Red Bull 的选手，对方本来是来玩的，没想到居然夺得冠军。而 John 看到他在拍摄的时候，就跑过去询问愿不愿意来参加我们的节目了。那来宾说，他是一位来自加拿大的动态摄影师、导演跟制作人。那他在十九、二十岁左右的时候来台湾的。现在他在台湾居住的时间已经超过他在加拿大的时间了。他在二零一三年的时候创立了 Stone Soup。那他认为他骨子里 at heart 就是一位创业家，因为他喜欢做有趣的事情，制作电影跟认识一些有趣的人。那在一个月后就要满四十岁了。来宾十二岁的时候在加拿大，主要是拍滑板 （skateboard） 跟滑雪板 （snowboard）。那后来他到高中的时候，他开始拍一些剧情长片 （feature film）。因为他的高中把曲棍球场 （hockey rink） 拆了，并且盖了一个西部的场景 （set）。那来宾就开始每天去看。然后有一天，他就被灯光部的主管邀请去帮忙。那来宾就花了六周帮忙他们收线跟拿东西。他毕业之后也到了另一个剧组，那他们主要是在做剧情长片，也因此来宾更加确定自己想要做这一块。那他觉得拍滑板类型跟拍剧情长片的差别在于，滑板类型的影片，你就是导演、制作人、摄影师要全包；那剧情长片除了要比较多的事前准备，也会比较需要思考，而且可以比较专注的做一件事情就好。那来宾说，现在的公司就算是接广告，他们虽然只有六个人，但是每个人都只负责特定的一个工作。
。如果有人要找他们说可不可以同时做灯光、lighting、声音、sound 跟拍摄，那他一定会拒绝，因为他认为一定会有一项失败。我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。And so thinking then a little bit about you know the future. Stone Soup is now doing feature lengths. You're doing commercials. You're doing all sorts of stuff. But is there anything specifically that you really want to be focusing on? Twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, etc. Yeah. So we've been doing a ton of commercials and corporates for the last、uh, four or five years. We did our first feature in twenty fourteen, and we really wanted to get back into that. And luckily enough, it fell in our lap.、Um, I'd written an article about. Why you should film in Taiwan, and a producer from、uh, Nashville who works with Sony reached out. That was during COVID, and we found a way to bring in、uh, him and his team into the country and film for 23 days last year, kind of in the middle of COVID, and the borders weren't open.、It、took us nine months. It took me and my my key producer、uh, nine months to get them into the country, and it worked. We got them in,、wow. and. One thing we really wanted to do was, and we've been talking with the Taipei Film Commission before about this, is equality、mm. and bringing more just an equal amount of males to females on set.、Mm. And it just so happened that this Sony film was comprised mainly of of women, and so there was a、uh, one male producer, the female、uh, there was a director was female, and her whole team was female. And so I said, listen, we're going to line up. Hopefully, fifty percent males, fifty percent females to work with you guys. It turned to be seventy thirty. So、nice. we were dominated、um, uh, by heads of department. Everyone, there were so many、uh, amazing women working on this film, and that's something I、mm-hmm. want to take into as we move forwards into twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. We've got two features I think we're working on this year with outside companies, and those are going to be really exciting. I can't say much about those, but those are. Happen in the next few months,、mm. and we've got two of our own in the pipeline that we're going to try to be doing here,、uh, and just giving more access to Taiwanese, up and coming Taiwanese、uh, talent、mm. and artists, but also people who want to run their own teams, be it directors,、mm. be it、um, hair and makeup, be it producers, but putting you know people into these roles where maybe they don't have that access on other larger productions. So just giving <clears throat> equality to. Anyone who wants it, I love it, man. Yeah, and you know, I've worked on a lot of entertainment, you know, different Netflix shows and commercials here, and yeah, it was always like ninety nine percent male, you know, and hair and makeup maybe was a few females, and so I love that you guys are, you know, you're pushing that to have, you know, the co directors being female, you know, that's it's that's the way to the future, and I love it because you're really making the whole film scene so much more inclusive. So I, I love that you're doing that. Yeah, it's something that we'd noticed was happening in、uh, North America a lot,、mm. and also, well, I guess the West, and it wasn't happening here.、Mm. And I do work; I'd already been working with a lot of females here, and I, guess, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, the color of your skin or your sex or how you identify.、Mm-hmm. But if you love what you do, then just you know, like reach out and just come on board and, and start working with people.、Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've noticed is just amazing. Just work with different people, different backgrounds, and you're gonna get the best. You're gonna get the best product possible because those people love what they do. Well said, man. I, I love that, and I wish you nothing but continued success. I'm so happy to hear you and the team have, you know, weathered the COVID storm and thrived. Hopefully, through all that, because what yeah, a storm! What a storm! What a storm! No doubt. 过去的四到五年，他们的工作室主要是在接公司行号的影片为主。
那么在二零一四年的时候，第一次接到剧情长片，所以他们其实非常想要再次接到。那很幸运的是，添这样的一个案子，因为来宾写了一篇要在台湾拍片的原因，而刚好有一位跟索尼合作的美国人联系上了他。那当时是疫情的时候，所以还没有开放旅客进来台湾，但他们还是想办法让他们的团队来台湾拍摄了二十三天。他们花了九个月才让他们进来台湾的。那另外，来宾也一直想要强调男女平等。所以他希望剧组中的男女人数是一样的，而刚好这次索尼的团队大部分的人其实都是女性居多。他们本来预计人数是男女各占一半，但最后女性工作人员占了百分之七十。因此，他们今年要跟外部的公司一起合作拍两部剧情长片。虽然目前不能透露太多，但接下来几个月会开始拍摄。来宾想要借此机会让更多的台湾人，尤其女性，可以参与这样的作品，无论是做化妆师，或是导演、制作人等等的。那因为其实，在西方已经是常态。那因为在台湾的产业还是男性居多，所以他认为，无论是任何性别、种族，或是如何定义自己都没关系，只要他们是有热忱的话，就应该去接触跟尝试。来宾也认为，要多跟不同的人合作，因为当他们热爱他们的工作时，你会发现有不一样的火花哦。我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。Well, do you mind if we kind of switch gears a little bit to kind of the story of you in Taiwan and,、sure. and maybe a little bit of language and how language is playing now a role on set with your team and and all that? And so, maybe let's start with Taiwan. How did how did Taiwan come onto your radar? So Taiwan、mm-hmm. came on my radar from a friend's sister who had just come back from here who was teaching,、mm-hmm. and I was I think it was eighteen or nineteen. I'm going to say eighteen, and then I came when I was nineteen, maybe just turned twenty, but. It was from a friend's sister, and she'd said it's a fantastic island. There's a, some skateboard parks. There's surfing. I was just getting into surfing, and、uh, I came to write my own film, which I'd already started writing. But just to get out of Canada, all my friends were going to university, and I wasn't going to university、mm. yet. And so I just came to write, and that's how I wound up here. So dope. So you came to Taiwan to kind of. Have some peace of mind, skate a little bit, surf, and and write. Was that one of your first scripts that you were trying to write on your own? I think that was my second script, but one that I a story that I really wanted to tell.、Mm-hmm. And while I got here, I realized I don't have a lot of money, and it seems like every foreign person is teaching English to make money. And so I wound up teaching English, but saving every dollar I made,、mm-hmm. knowing that this is what's going to fund this film. So I saved for a year. I think it was a year, year and a half,、mm-hmm. and then I took all of that money and I sent it back to Canada. Bank transfer. I think some of it was bank transfer. Some of it was just cash. And、um, went back to Canada, and it was on film. There was no digital cameras. Wow. So bought I think ten thousand feet of film. It was all in sixteen mil, sixteen millimeter film. And yeah, I shot a feature in ten days. Woo! Yeah, and then cut it, and then moved to Los Angeles, and had every door closed on me that you can have、mm-hmm. closed on you. <clears throat> and I was like, Taiwan was pretty awesome. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to go back to Taiwan and see what, like, see what I can, what I can do there. Maybe there's some film people. I actually came back. T- film was kind of in the back of my head because I had all these doors closed. I loved it, but I met、um, met another guy and he wanted to do a restaurant, and so we ended up doing a pizza by the slice restaurant in Gaoshang. And I walked away after nine months. I was like, I don't want to be in the restaurant industry. I have to be there twenty four hours a day, basically. And so, and then it was right after that that I was like, I want to be doing videos.、Mm-hmm. I met a really great guy named Scott Weatherall, 
who's one of the partners at Stone Soup. And we started shooting a lot of little videos. He was doing a lot of kind of like SNL comedy sketch kind of stuff. And I realized that's definitely what I wanted to do. I had a huge problem, though. I didn't have a degree. Mm. I had no way to stay in the country legally, and I didn't want to do it by just teaching legally or whatever. So um, I ended up leaving and went to film school in Australia when I was 27 years old. So I was one of the the adult students. That's Wow, man. I love that. Really knowing that you care so deeply about this that you would – yeah, kind of, you know, we think about progressing through our lives and, you know, we want it to be this upward trajectory always. But you were like, hey, no, if I go step back, go back to school, I think I could then launch pad from there. Yeah. Wow. So, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would go there for four months. It was like four months semesters, mm-hmm. four months, come back for three months, mm-hmm. four months, three months. So I was, com- I was coming and going as we were starting Stone, Stone Soup and I was I was going to film school. And it was great because I met a lot of people in the film industry there who I'm still in touch with and I still work with. Mm. And that also helped blossom relationships to be shooting abroad. And that's yeah, fantastic. So cool, man. I love that. And I love that. Yeah. Just, you know, that purpose driven guys, saving your money to do something you love and having that, that focus, oh, that drive, man, respect, respect. 因为这里有很多滑板场也能冲浪，而当时来宾刚好开始接触这一些，所以为了继续写剧本，他决定跑来台湾了。你会看到其实蛮多外国人都在教英文，所以也跟着去教英文。但他赚到的钱都会存起来
that's very important. Obviously, I can pick out little characters here and there, but I can't, you know, actually, when I got married, I had to write my name in Chinese. They they won't let your spouse write it for you. And I'm like, oh, can I just can I just practice a bit? And the lady at the registry, she just folded her arms and she's like, oh, but I'm going to watch you practice. And so my wife's like, I can't help you here. And so our marriage certificate looks like a five-year-old scribbled on it. It's horrible. <laughs> so yeah, language is is, is huge. Um, my Chinese is it's probably like a 60 or 70% level of fluency. Um, if you wanted to have a conversation about nuclear physics or certain parts of government. My would, favorite topics. I'd fall apart. <laughs> Um, but I talk to my uh, my film crews in a mix of English and Mandarin. There's a few people I work with who don't speak any English, mm. and I I have no problem just speaking to them in Mandarin. Mm. A lot of the crews like to speak English to me. Maybe it's a little bit of practice for them as well. Mm. Um, and then also when we have American teams coming in or English teams or Australian, Canadian, and then they feel comfortable as well speaking with that director or that producer in their second language. Yeah. And also, I feel that's a huge benefit uh, for Stone Soup. I have an American or Canadian, whatever, a Western person reach out to us. We can have a Zoom meeting or, or a WhatsApp call yeah. in English. Yeah. And then they know that, you know, I can be going and speaking to my team in Mandarin and I'm comfortable doing that. And then when they get here and they see it, they're like, oh, wow, like this is a very bilingual team. And it puts them mm -hmm. at ease. I also, it puts me at ease. I I do see people here all the time who can't speak any Mandarin and it's just, don't you want to learn? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so cool, man. And <clears throat> I love how useful it's become now and such a, such a superpower for you to be able to, like you said, connect teams from all over the world and, and bring them here and, you know, act as the bridge really to, to the cinematography world that is thriving all over the place. And so, do you remember any maybe tips, practical advice that did help you in that kind of early stage or maybe what helps you now when you're when you're taking calls? Actually, one of the ways I found was really good for my Mandarin at the start was going to get in haircuts. Mm. But you'd have to go to different places and you'd go to the 100 NT places because you're going for one or I two a week. Yeah. <laughs> but they'd always ask you the same questions. Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. And and it was just you, you got all these questions for free. Or or asking or going down like if you had a Guanli in your building, speaking with a Guanli. Oh, shout out to the security guys. Yeah, so, I love yeah. those guys. <laughs> so all these little things uh were just simple ways to go and practice your mm. Mandarin and and also just even things like ordering food. Like just don't go to Subway. Don't go to Burger King. I'm I said Subway because I see a Subway bag over whoa, there. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa. Or, or whoa, if, whoa. you know what, if you do go to Subway, you know, order I order my Mandarin. Yeah. Order a Mandarin. <laughs> But I see a lot of people not doing that or they'll just go to places where they don't need to use Mandarin. Right. And I feel like if on, on the flip side as well, if you are a Mandarin speaker, like looking to learn English, just go and chat with that, that foreign person. Mm -hmm. Make it make it part of your day to day. And now that it's actually probably easier now than it has been during COVID because tourists are here again. I don't know yeah. if you've noticed. Oh, but yeah. I, I live in Ximending, so. Yeah, <clears throat> flooded again with tourists. And so you'll notice, maybe you'll notice a few of them like lost. Yeah. Go and ask them if they need help. Yeah. And like, boom, you've got you've got a, a free language lesson. Yeah, man, that's great. Asking if they need help is such a beautiful reminder that the world is a good place. Yes. Yeah, man, dope. 来宾刚来台湾的时候,为了不想要成为别人口中那个不会数到十的外国人,所以他就报名了课程去T.L.I.的学院。他的老师甚至鼓励他不要把重心放在读跟写上面, 而是放在口说。
好笑的是，他要结婚的时候，因为规定的关系，他必须亲自写上他的中文名字。但因为他真的不熟悉，他还问柜台说可不可以让他练习一下。结果对方说可以，但还是得盯着他亲自签完结婚证书。所以他笑说，他们的结婚证书看着像是五岁小孩的涂鸦 （scribble）。那来宾说自己中文的流畅程度 （fluency） 大约在六七十趴。但如果要跟他聊一些原子核物理学 （nuclear physics） 或者是政府相关的议题，他可能会承受不住。那他跟剧组人员沟通都是中英掺杂。但如果遇到完全不会英文的工作人员，他也是可以用中文跟他们沟通的。那其他人大部分的时间会用英文居多，可能对他们来说也是一种练习。那来宾分享，他觉得学习中文很有帮助的方式就是去剪头发，而且要找不同家，特别是那一种一百元剪发，因为毕竟你一周会去个几次。那这是因为他们都会问同样的问题，比如说你是哪里人，做什么的。他也觉得跟管理员 （security guard） 聊天，或者是去点餐，也是一个不错的方式。那要学习英文的话，也是一样的道理。因为现在有越来越多的外国人，其实你也可以找他们聊天，让这个成为你的日常。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。A question I love to end the show with is: If you could go back though and talk to a young little hood rat, Luke Cameron. Would there be any advice you give yourself about cinematography, working, Taiwan life, anything? It's tough. Part of me says I wouldn't want to change anything because I'm so happy with where I've gotten to today, even though it's taken quite a while. But I think everyone's journey takes quite a while. Nothing happens overnight. Everything happens through hard work, persistence,、mm. and being focused on where you want to end up. And I think if I hadn't had some of the journeys that I did, like the restaurant that kind of failed, if you just had early success, like immediate success, maybe I would have fallen out of love with it. And actually, like my first feature kind of failing was probably a good thing. You know, we're not all the next Quentin Tarantino or Kevin Smith, even though we'd all love to be. But going and doing that, loving the process, and then being able to find, like, fall in love with it again and go, oh, that's right, I really did like that. I want to do that. I guess I would just the advice I would give is just stay the course and and have fun along the way. You got to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, man. But have a goal in mind and try to reach that goal and and make a goal for the next five years and get to that place. No matter how you want to get there, but you know, go snowboarding, go for a surf or whatever you like doing. Make sure you fit that in along the way because that's kind of why we work as hard as we work. Right there, we go. I love it. You know, falling in love with the process has has been kind of the anthem for 2022 for me personally. 来宾说，如果要给年轻自己一个建议，其实非常困难，因为有一部分的他认为他不会改变任何一件事情，因为虽然花了一点时间，但也成就了现在的他，而他很喜欢现状。那来宾认为，大家的路程都需要一点时间，但同时也需要努力、毅力、persistence 跟专注在你想要的结果。像他开设的餐厅，第一次制作的影片被拒绝，让他更加确定自己喜欢拍片。而他认为，如果他太早成功，或许还会失去热忱。所以，虽然大家都希望可以成为天才的导演制作人，但有时候就是需要经历那个过程，才会想要继续。那来宾给大家的建议就是要坚持到底 ，stay the course， 然后好好的玩吧。那他觉得要有一个目标，然后达到之后再去想一个五年后的目标。那中间也别忘记去做你自己喜欢做的事情，像来宾就是喜欢滑雪跟冲浪，因为这才是我们工作的目的。那我们就谢谢今天的来宾 Luke。Well, where can maybe people watch any of your work? Where could they find you online? How can they connect with you? So people can head over to StoneSuitProduction.com. Same on Instagram and Facebook, StoneSuitProduction. My personal detail: I'm Luke Cameron on Instagram. 
and also on Facebook. So hit me up. But yeah, I'd love to uh, make more acquaintances of people who like doing film and cinematography or photography in Taiwan. There's a ton of us out there. And the more people there are doing this, the broader networks get connected from abroad here. And there's a ton of work for everyone. So let's mm -hmm. all just work at it together. Luke Cameron, the more handsome of the Cameron brothers. <laughs> I don't know about that. I got a twin. Fraternal, though, but he's got brown hair. Yeah, he's an F-18 fighter pilot. Whoa. Yeah, well, I, so I got a cooler job, baby? I don't know. <laughs> Do a cool documentary on him, maybe. That's pretty dope. Awesome, man. Well, Stone Soup Production, guys. Check it out. All their work, incredible. Check out Luke wherever you can find him. Thank you, my man, for joining us on the NG England Show. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time. See you, All guys. Right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the NG England Show. We appreciate your patience, your dedication to learning, and your curiosity. Keep it alive inside. Woo! All right. We'll talk to you next time. Peace!